Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season, Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs fan show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Tumbleweed. That is exactly what we have on the transfers. Ricky, good evening. Jace, good evening. It's last word on Spurs here on Love Sport Radio, your Tottenham fan show. But, I mean, it just had to be done. We just had to, we had to chuck in that sound effect. And, uh, oh, uh, uh, well, our producer, don't know what's going on out there. Uh, <laughs> Sums it up so far for Spurs. In the <laughs> it does sum it up, basically. It breaking news, we've signed someone. Niet. Not a nothing, nothing, nothing. Um, if you have any good transfer rumors, by the way, you can tweet us, can't you? Oh, yeah, please. It's get at in Last touch, Sport please. Radio. Uh, it's at Last Word on Spurs. At Last Word on Spurs. 0208 70 25. I want to hear the outrageous ones as well. I want to hear some proper outrageous transfer rumors. If you've got them, we want to hear them. Good evening, Ricky. Good evening, Jace Chaps. How's it been in the uh, in the Spurs world with over the past week? Quiet. Another depressing week of <laughs> meltdowns on Twitter and Levy outs all over the place and, and, and everybody's not backing the manager. Just just a normal week in the life of, of a Spurs fan, that's for sure. But he's plastering at the moment, Daniel Levy, isn't he? He's rushing to get the ground done. If you can tell me where he is, I'd love to know. Yeah, Chase? 
Do you know where he is? Not seen him, mate. Not seen him. No one's seen him, pal. No one's seen him. Plenty to talk about this evening. It's Love Sport Radio. Good evening. Five minutes past seven across the capital. Um... Chaps, time to talk about Spurs' midfield injury crisis. Now, that man we talked about last week, Musa Sissoko, has done a hamstring. He's done it against Barcelona. Victor Wanyama has flown home with a knee problem. Um, Victor Wanyama must have made under 100 appearances for Spurs. I mean, cut the seasons back, wasn't he? He was quite consistent. Last season, struggled with injury. There's no doubt about it that when he's at the top of his game, he's a top midfielder, but unfortunately we haven't had the chance to see it last season. I just hope, again, this is more of a precaution from Spurs to send him home. And um, we're going to need him for the start of the season, Jase, because of the amount of injuries we're picking up in midfield. It's, it's well around 100 appearances because he's only been there, what, two years, hasn't he? So And he missed most of Is it most two of, years? It's only his, last year was only it his second season. It is two years. So, and he it missed, feels like he's been there a while, though. Missed almost the whole of last season, didn't he, effectively? So, yeah, I would think he's it's probably, what, 60 games at the most, I would think. But when we had him for that that see that first season, he was... I think there was people were a little bit indifferent when we signed him, thinking... What are we getting here? And, you know, this is a red card waiting to happen. And all the negativity came from Southampton with him. But in fairness, he, he grabbed that shirt, didn't he? And he, he put in some really dominant displays for us in like midfield. Was, a, was an excellent player. I like him. I think, mm. I think he's all right. He's got a bit of energy. I'd say Czech or Coate is a poor man's Wanyama. If you look <laughs> at him, like, I think... I like Coyote, but I think he's he's too inconsistent with what he does. I really like Wanyama, though. Plus, he scored a cracker of a goal against uh, oh, Liverpool. 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 I still think they're moaning out about it, aren't they, goal. Liverpool fans? They still haven't what let it go. What a goal. Oh, absolutely Genuinely. amazing strike from Wanyama. And I, I just sincerely hope that Spurs, as I've said, it is a precaution more than anything they've allowed the player to go back home because we're going to need him for the start of the season, by all means. When you look at this midfield at the moment, um, Lamella has also picked up a knock. Oakley Booth, Kazai Sterling, who, again... He's not going to be involved in, maybe you said, the first team, but Spurs may have liked to have seen this guy in the pre-season more than what they have so far. Um, I'm going to your, your first game, as I, as I keenly called you about the other day, going, oh, I'm getting Newcastle Spurs, mm-hmm. I'm getting Newcastle Spurs. Uh, I'm working at the game, and I'm, a, I'm slightly concerned about the Spurs midfield, just ever so slightly. Just, you know, the fact that Musa Sissoko more than likely won't be able to have a nice little return back to St. James's, you know... <laughs> A bit awkward opening day return. We we'll have opening day memories, by the way, a little bit later we on. Will do. We've we got will your do. theme tune ready. It's going to be brilliant. <laughs> I can't wait. It's not the price is right. Um, but uh, Daniel Levy's is the price is right. Yeah, I but, think Daniel's is that yeah. for sure. Um, what, what, what's going to happen now? What's, what's the situation? Who comes in? Who, who makes a difference for, for Botch? Well, do you know what, Aaron? It's, it's kind of you tell me because the window's closing. We don't know where Dembele's future is at. I mean, does this change Spurs' hand in Dembele? Will they maybe look to keep him now? Eric Dyer, obviously been away with... Um, well, say been away, he's been on the World Cup with England, so he's still having his rest, recuperation. We'll have him back shortly. But um, it is a concern. Harry Winks is still, as we understand, um, recovering from rehabilitation. I mean, it, I hate to say it, it may just be a mix and match chase for that opening midfield on the first game. Well, I think I think the good thing with Wanyama is when you get an injury like that, it's far better to be pre-season before that window shuts. So, you know, the medical staff have got time to do the scans and think, if this is a player that's not going to be available till December, January again, then you've got time to, to try and act and put something in place. I still think there's deals to be done, you know. I think oh, Aaron, don't do this to us. It's Daniel Levy. Do I think it's us. Daniel Levy. There is a deal to be done with that man. You know it's going to be the late, late show once again when you're pulling in six players on deadline day. Six. And you're going to start complaining. Your phone Whatever up. you're on, Aaron, give it's us on, some. mate. It's on. That's what you're going to be. Whatever you're on, give us some. Six signings. I mean, he came out last night in a 
press conference in Minneapolis and said that he can't even promise Spurs fans will even be won. Why? Who's do who's doing the deal? I think that's that's corporate. He knows what's going on. He's he's just you know he knows that if he if he gives the press a definite number, then they'll they'll want to hold him to it. So if he says none, then and he makes two, then everyone thinks, well, there you go. There's two more than we thought. But if he if he comes out and says we want to sign four players and we only sign three, everybody goes into a meltdown and uproar that we've we've only signed three out of the four. But in fairness, Jace, he did last season promise a number. If you remember. He, I did, can't, I he, did, can't he said remember. two or three at the time where he was bringing in Sanchez, um, Gazaniga on the final kind of, you know, uh, yep, Gazaniga came in. I'm trying to think who else came in last well, week. How, how, how many of the women's team signed? So there's, there's <laughs> what, three or four for the Spurs ladies. Uh, that'll do. Yeah, he didn't actually stipulate if they're coming into the first team Spurs <laughs> men's squad. That's a good point. Yeah, about that, mate. About that. I don't, there won't be six. But I just still think there's 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 uh, plenty of. Oh look, we're just seeing it, by the way. Oh, there oh, you go. That, <laughs> that handsome zero by zero zero so spent. Just to just, depress us a little bit more. Did that just right, chaps? I'm not here to do that. Uh, I'm here to take calls from the fans. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. That's the number to go. It's at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. They're at Last World on Spurs. I'm at Media Aaron. Jace is at at THFC since seventy six. Ricky and at Rick Spur. There you go. We're all on Twitter. You can tweet us. Believe me, it's gonna go nuts this evening. We want to hear your views on Daniel Levy. How will that affect Mauricio Pochettino going forward? How will that affect the Spurs squad going forward? Can you still challenge? What's the situation? How do you look at it? Give us a call. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. The fans show with sevenbestbets.com, the official bookmaker of Love Sport. You can give us a call, 0208 70 258. That is your platform. Uh, well, this is your platform, London, to, to tell us what you think about Levy, what you think about Spurs, what you think about the transfer policy, and what you think about uh, Mauricio Pochettino going forward. Um, if, if Spurs don't spend, is Pochettino's future in doubt? We've got one man who wants to talk about the midfield, though. It's Sam in Ascot. Sam, good evening. Evening, boys. How are we? Oh, Very good, well, mate. thanks, Mark. Good Sam. to have you on board. Good. Right. I just want to talk about the midfield. Uh, I don't know uh, so much about it. As, as I said, we're missing. Uh, oh, sorry, I haven't said we're missing Sissoko, Dyer, Dembele, Wanyama, Winks, Oakley Booth. I was just thinking maybe Ericsson uh, dropped in to that kind of. He likes to drop back and play. Between the between Ali and the centre midfield, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's right, Sam. I mean, listen, it's not ideal, but we may be forced upon that against Newcastle on the opening game of the season. We'll just have to see what happens with these injuries and see if we can, um, well, if the medical staff can um, do some work on them. Well, I mean, they did some work with Ledley King's knee, That's so <laughs> hopefully they'll be able to do something with Moose's um, hamstring, which would be quite wonderful. Um, I also had another idea, boys. I don't know how you feel about this. I mean, it works for me on football manager. It might not work in real life, probably not. But what about Toby playing a holding midfield and go with Davinson Sanchez and Yamba Tongan at the back in the four-two-three-one? No, I don't see that happening at all, mate. I don't see... Not at all. It, it might work on football manager, but I don't think it's going to work in, in Pochettino's mind. I think, you know, 
whatever the Toby scenario is, we've still got that problem of of those players not coming back to train until the Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, so yeah. I think nobody really wants those players pushed. And I think that the only thing with the with moving Ericsson back, which which for Newcastle you may well be forced to do something like that, but then who takes over his position in that number 10? So you're still going to probably end up having to throw people in that aren't quite ready, so Ali's got to probably come back in. We don't know what Lamella's injury is now, because if you drop Ericsson back, you probably want Lamella as the as that number 10 creative passer further forward, but is he going to be ready? And I think, you know, that it's it, you may well kick off that season with square pegs in round holes all over the place. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Jace. I really do. Um, but the thing is, if Lamella's not going to be fit, Lucas has had a blinding pre-season. Why not chuck him on the right-hand side and go with Son, uh, Delhi as the number 10, and then Lucas on the right-hand side? I agree, Sam. He looks hungry, Mora. I really, really was impressed with him. We saw some of the individual highlights on Twitter in the first game, and he looked he looked really, really good. I think this guy now with a pre-season under his belt, I'm so, so excited to see his emergence this season coming. Yeah, so am I. I mean, I saw something on Twitter. There was a bit of a spat between someone saying, oh, when Lucas signed, he didn't seem to be up to much. It's like, well, as I said to you last week, Jed, we didn't see much of him mm, because yeah. Pochettino said he was gonna, he's going to be for the, this coming season now rather than the back end of last season. And Rick, I completely agree. With a pre-season under his belt, he should be the one that we were promised and the Lucas that was linked with Manchester United all those years ago. Well, it's- <laughs> I hope, I hope you're right, but I, yeah, I completely agree. I really do think massive, massive opportunity for him this season to really hit the ground running. Um, and what amazes me, Sam, obviously, I presume you've watched some of the games in pre-season. That isn't it incredible how many got how many headers this guy wins in the air for a guy that's not even that tall. Was he five foot seven, five foot eight? Is that why he's bald? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's his. That's his parents' fault as well as living in Europe and stuff. Now, Jace, don't. That's not his fault. That's right. Okay, mate. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, I mentioned that last week. I don't know if you remember, boys. I, met, I mentioned he was winning headers against mm, Leicester. He did, and, yeah. And he was, and he, he really was immense towards the back end of last season. As and as I said, with a pre- fully full preseason under his belt, he should look quite good. So, so we um, could we could throw him in at centre half then, in that case. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we've had the well, we can't do a worse jobs than the likes of. Um, Ricardo Rocha, surely. <laughs> Ricardo oh, Rocha. What a man. That's a name from the past. I don't want to ever hear again. That, yeah, that, neither do I after the 3 1. The, the, the diving header at Arsenal in a semi final. Oh, I can no, remember no. that. Yep, I can remember I've that still one. I've got nightmares about that. <laughs> um, yeah, just one more thing, Jacks. I mean, if, say, this is going on to the striker sort of thing. So, say, if Janssen and Lorente did move on, it does, judging by Lorente's comments today, he's not going to be moved on. But how would you feel about Salomon Rondon? Well, he's an alternative to Kane, isn't he? He's a different option. Don't get me wrong, if he wouldn't be the... F- <laughs> I don't think he'd be anyone's first choice as a Spurs fan to have as an alternative to Kane. But if you look at what Lorente contributed last season, which wasn't a great deal, Rondon is a force in the air, and he does create a problem for defences. So it would be an entirely different option for Spurs to bring off the bench, I don't know, in the, in the last 10, 15 minutes when you're going to chase a goal. And it was, I think it's a, yeah, I completely agree, Rick. It was, um, when we played, when they played us at home, he bullied Davinson Sanchez yep. for their opening goal. That's if right. You remember rightly. Spot on. So, but yeah, I think that's everything I've got, really got to cover, chaps. Just keep going with the pod and, um, I'll be keen listening for the rest of the show. Cheers, nice mate. one, Thank Sam. You. Thank you very Thank much for, care, uh, for, for, for too, joining Sam. us Cheers. this evening. Be like Sam this evening. Uh, you know, come on, have a chat with the lads. 
0208 70 20 558. That is the number to call. Let's now go to the lines once again. Let's talk to Steve. Steve, good evening. Good evening, guys. I'm really enjoying the show. It's really, it's really nice to listen to a Spurs show. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, Bob. Cheers, Steve. Very kind. Because I actually find that Spurs are one of the clubs you really don't hear about because people like to like hype up all the clubs doing transfers and obviously we're not doing transfers so there's <laughs> have a good one about that over here no, Steve. But, but, have a good one about that but Steve if Spurs were to were to uh, sign some players we would hype them up don't worry about it yeah no I was just thinking to make the point that I mean I wouldn't like to say this too loud but are we becoming the new Arsenal because I feel that Arsenal had exactly the the same story when they were building a new stadium and they were getting top four every season and they weren't bringing in players and 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 actually when they did start to bring in players like Ozil and now um Aubameyang they've actually gone downhill since then so maybe that maybe all this buying actually is in the way I'm, I'm just I'm just not sure I think I think the the key difference between the two at the moment is that when Arsenal started to to stop being a, a real title challenging side, they they definitely were in the process of selling their best players. The likes of Van Persie left, Fabregas left, uh, one, forgetting off the top of my head one or two of the other big players that left. At the moment, our big players Kane, Ali, Christian Eriksen, Hyunmin Son. You know, none of those have left. There's obviously the situation regarding uh, number four. I, I can't be bothered to say his name anymore, but there's that situation. But we're not really selling at the moment our best players, and that's perhaps the one the one difference. But I understand the the sentiments behind it that we we seem to be settling for top four. But I, I think the other thing you you got to bear in mind is. And I don't want to say we should settle for top four, but we've had it for three years and Arsenal had it for 20. And so there comes a stage when That's obviously true. that isn't enough. And we're, we're in that process of building that stadium and we've only had it for those three years. And let's be fair about it. The first year we, we stunk the tournament out and made no impression. And we haven't actually kicked off that third season yet. So that, that's perhaps the, the slight differences. But I, I, I totally accept the, the thinking behind we are becoming the new Woolwich I get your point, Steve. I think for me this summer, as I think many know, listening to the pod and my views on Twitter, I honestly thought this summer was going to be such a test of this current ball to see where their intentions lie, where their loyalties lie. Was it just simply about building the stadium and then looking to maybe sell the club on to you know someone that they feel could invest further in the club? Or were they really going to want to build this stadium give Pochettino the two or three players that would allow him to take Tottenham to the next level and I hate to say at the moment it's looking like you know the, the first which is a real worry to me because I do genuinely believe that I hate to say it all the time that we are so 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 close right now anyone can see watching this Tottenham side we're two or three players away I know people keep getting bored of me saying that but we sincerely are and it's just that frustration of being so close to something so special with just that final push for that final investment and Spurs could be up there challenging Man City for the league you know we saw how far Spurs got last season in the Champions League so you can't tell me that with you know as I said a couple of decent quality players this Spurs team could be anything under Pochettino personally I disagree with you I I think even if we were to bring in three or four players I I thought last season we were miles off Man City actually I mean the two games watching them were actually quite 
scary to see how far we were behind. But everyone was miles off Man City, Steve. Yeah, but the thing is, we are building a stadium now at this moment. So the board thinks to themselves, can we put our club in danger and just start spending and being and being very? But then, how how Steve are we going to compete? It? How are we going to compete Steve, where, if we don't? Where spend, I've got a problem no. is, is 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 when you is when we sell players like Toby. I mean, I've heard one of you say that Pochettino wants to sell Toby. I mean. I don't believe that. I just think Pochettino thinks that if Toby doesn't want to be there because of the contract situation, then he won't play him. If you would ask Pochettino in a private room, would you want Toby to stay? Of course he would love Toby to stay. I think that is where the club are going wrong. Not A club who are building a stadium cannot just go and stop spending hundreds of millions. That's just not business sense. I think, you know, I've, I've defended some of the, 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 the lack of spending. I think the big difference is that nobody's really asking for Spurs to go out and spend 200 million in this window. We're asking to spend, what, 50, 60 million. I think that's a, the slight difference. I mean, look, Steve, thank you very much for the call, by the way. Thank you uh, for getting in touch with us. Um, I've always said that the one person that has held Tottenham back on field is Daniel Levy. Because, again, we talked about it last week, and I said every time Spurs have been one player one step away, instead of actually going for the jugular, spending a bit of money, and buying proven quality, he's been like, no, 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 no. Need what, to go I, a bit cheaper. I, I, need to, need yeah. to find a bit of value somewhere. I get your point. The thing for me is, again, I still feel uncomfortable criticising him right now because there is, what, eight, nine days left of the window. Are we going to get any surprises? I know it sounds silly. Maybe I'm still being in my head optimistic in thinking there could be some late deals to be done here but my biggest concern is it won't be the players that I believe will take us to the next level I don't know about you Jace I just think now with the timing of it all it's just too late again for me I, I don't think so much it's that Daniel Levy won't spend the money in the past I think the problem is that we couldn't afford the wages that those top players wanted so if we'd have agreed a 60 million deal two years ago for Risco we would we said to him, here's 70 grand a week, and you're obviously not going to get the player for that. And we certainly won't go to the agent fees with the, the super agents like Rayola and George Mendes and that. So I think that holds us back more than that ability to pay the out-and-out transfer fee. Yeah, chaps, this is going to bowl on, isn't it? Until Spurs actually do some business. Until we do, until, yeah. Until they do business, yeah. until they actually go out and buy proven quality, it's going to bowl on. 24 minutes past 7 o'clock. Again, we want to hear from you. Be like Steve, be like Sam. 0208 70 258. This is your platform, London. We are Love Sport. Paddy has an interesting article he wants to talk to you about next. We're back after a quick break. It's Love Sport Radio. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com. From casinos to horses, we've got it covered. 7bestbets.com. Love Sports, official betting partner. 727 across the capital. Good evening. This is Love Sports, your Spurs fan show with the chats from Last Word on Spurs. Let's go to the lines once again. Callum is calling in from Essex. Callum, good evening. Hi, guys. Loving the pod. It's been brilliant so far. Cheers, Callum. Nice one, Paul. What? What I've got to talk about tonight, guys, is I think Spurs are going away too far from the young English products that we were first seeing when Pochettino first came in. It's funny you say that, isn't it? Because, um, Callum, this week there's been, um, well, there's been reports and it's been confirmed now that Rio Griffiths has left the club. Um, Marcus Edwards is also wanting to go. We lost Keenan Bennett as well. 
So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but you've got to remember saying Winks is still very, very young. We haven't really seen the best of him, I don't think, yet in a Spurs shirt. I think he'll come back stronger from the injury. Um, but there's still so much to these English lads still in this squad. Don't you not think, Callum? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I just think when you look at what we were first doing when Deli Alley came on the scene a couple of years ago, when um, I, I follow Lyle Thomas on uh, Twitter and all that, and I know he comes on the show regularly with you guys, and he always says, oh, we was looking at Adamola Lookman and players like that, and I think all of these have gone on to have really good careers at other clubs, and I think, why do Spurs not take that advantage? I think probably one of the, the big differences to, to when Pochettino took over and we brought through Masons, Bentalebs, people like that, is that the demands of Tottenham have changed. You know, you've you got to bear in mind they were coming into a side that had Europa League football. Those group stage games, let's be fair about it, are against some poor sides. So you, you have a chance to uh, throw those players in. Now I think the circumstances are totally different. I mean, let's be fair about it. There's, there's, when we get knocked out the the Carling Cup or Carabao Cup or whatever you now call it, everyone goes into, why aren't we taking this competition seriously? So at some stage, you, you've got to make a concerted effort with young players to say, OK, if we're going to throw in three or four from the youth team and they're playing Liverpool away at Anfield on Tuesday night in the Carling Cup, they could well get battered. And then it's no good then the meltdown that follows. We're not taking these cup competitions seriously. That's the problem. And I suppose, you know, when you're you're chasing a top four space and you're playing Champions League football, the opportunity for those youngsters and the standard of those youngsters has to be completely higher than it was, you know, going back four years ago. And, you know, Ryan Mason was a is a is a perfect example of that. A, a kid that came into the side he broke through a little bit later probably than people thought made a big impression in that that first part but by the end of that season the amount of fans that were saying we need better than ryan mason and so that's and we we need better than andros townsend and let's be fair about andros townsend has had a, a decent premier league career but that's the problem you're up against and those youngsters coming through now have got to be at a standard of of Jan Vertonghen. They've got to be of the standard of Christian Eriksen. They've got to be the standard of Deli Alli to guarantee them a place in the side. And that's that's the problem that you have with young players. Just a point, Callum. You mentioned yeah. about players at the moment that we haven't really seen. But we've got to remember that I think Skip's looked fairly good so far in this pre-season. Amos has looked OK. So we're still seeing a few of these youngsters, all right? Maybe not coming through in you know bucket loads. But there's still a couple of them still on the scene that could very much make the breakthrough. But I think we're going to come on to it later in the show. My biggest concern was... Losing Rio Griffiths, Keenan Bennett, and Marcus Edwards wanting to go because these guys, you know, they were tipped for big, big Spurs futures and it hasn't quite come off. Well, to be fair, I, w I was reading something today about Rio and um, it was saying that he was actually quite annoyed that he didn't go on the pre-season tour. But then I just think, well, if you're only doing that for the under-18s and then you move into the under-23s and can't really do that even if it's a pre-season tour, how are you going to do that against the likes of AC Milan and Roma and Barcelona? Exactly. And that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, spot I mean, on. Skip and Amos have completely done that brilliantly, but even Carter Vickers is still looking shaky. I think that the big one for the season, obviously, what I'd like to see is is we we saw brief glimpses last year of Carl Walker-Peters, and particularly with the Danny Rose scenario, will he go, will he stay type of thing, let's hope Carl Walker-Peters can get 10 Premier League games, you know, just maybe the home games against one or two of those weaker sides where perhaps he won't get exposed, say a Burnley or something like that. Let's let's throw him in for a few games like that and see, see how he handles it. But I'd certainly hope to see him progress through the side this year. 
and that's the thing. I think we have got good players. It's just a matter of getting rid of some of the old deadwood now to bring some more fruit. Get rid of this Asokos, your GK and Kodu, your Janssen. I hate to admit, I thought he looked good when he first came in, but then he just really died a death. And then Loriente, even he's saying that he's fit enough now, but he's not good enough to say the least either. Yeah, Callum, I, I think uh, we all agree with you here. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. 0208 70 258. That is the number to dial this evening at Love Sport Radio on Twitter as well. Going to read some of your tweets out shortly. Should we take? Do we take a break, producer? But we do take a quick break. It's Love Sport Radio, 7.32. James is calling from Essex. He's dialed 0208 70 558. Be like James. Come on and have your say. James, good evening, pal. I'm a... Hi guys, well Hello done James. The, How are you? Well done on the yeah, good. Thanks. Well done on the new show. Oh, thank uh, you. No, no worries. I listened to the pod this morning. It's decent. Um, I just wanted to ask you a couple of questions about you know that um, the executive director uh, Donna Maria Cullen, I think. That's yep, her name? Donna Cullen. Yep. Um, yeah. So a couple of comments she came out with saying that uh, Pochettino's relaxed. There's they need to uh, not worry about the misinterpretation of the comments after the Leicester game. Uh, do you think that's just sort of covering ourselves when it does come to deadline day and we haven't made a signing, or do you think that there is something going on behind the scenes? Um, I just want to get your opinion on that. I'm sure there's things going on behind the scenes that none of us know anything about. I'm sure efforts are being made, but of course, I think a lot of her remarks are corporate, uh, a corporate defence. She's, she's hardly going to sit there and let's be fair and say Maurizio's absolutely fuming and, and Daniel's not doing this, and because you know that's her job on the line. So I think, like any yeah. chief executive of any company, you know their role is to back the company as such. So I think you have to you know, you'd have to look between the lines of what she's saying. But you know the 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 notion that that Maurizio and, and Daniel Levy don't speak probably at least once a day o- over transfers. I'm sure Pochettino knows exactly which players we're still going for, who's on the table, what bids have been made, what what prices we're looking at, and I'm sure he knows absolutely everything that's going on transfer-wise, even though to us from the outside it looks like nothing. It's funny, James, you yeah. mentioned the comments because the timing of them is quite um, ironic, isn't it? When we look yeah. at it now, you know, days yeah, you know, away from the window shutting. I mean, for me personally, when she discusses the fact that, you know, there may have been a misinterpretation in his comments against Leicester, for me, and I think for a majority of Spurs fans, we took it as though, you know, at last Pochettino has come out and said he wants things to be different for this summer coming. Mm. He wants to see the club get players in early. And I refer back to the point, I think even in, you know, during last season, an interview around January, February time, where again he reinforced the point of how important it was to bring in players early. So when it comes to the point of starting a new season, these guys already know his methods, already you know, have already done the training in advance of doing the game, so they are aware of the work rate, because I think Spurs players in general under Poch, they cover... A ridiculous amount of ground. I think Ericsson's up there in the league for one of the highest for covering the amount of ground. So, for me personally, I've got to say so far, and I think many know, I've been so disappointed by the lack of ambition shown by Tottenham throughout this transfer window. And I'm only hoping, James, with days to go, there is going to be a couple of surprises. But my biggest concern is that I don't think it's going to be the players that we need to really push us on to the next level. I can see it being a lot, like especially with the Toby situation, like who knows what's going to happen with Man United? Because I'm worried we're going to get like a Fraser Campbell sort of situation oh, where we 
you know, we settle Toby out of hour and get, I don't know, one of their second string young... Well, Phil Jones. We, we might need yeah. Scott McTominay in midfield on that opening day, I tell you, the rate <laughs> they're going at. <laughs> yeah, definitely. James, I've got one question for you. Um, and it's more a case of how long will Mauricio Pochettino last if his I'm not going to say demands if his wishes aren't met with the transfers um, I mean look you know we've seen you know manager power sort of come to a head now you know Antonio Conte obviously lived at Chelsea for for a year where they were going through one of the most messy divorces in in probably the history of football mm-hmm. um, you know Jose Mourinho right now is is in a position where he is you know trying to I, I reckon trying to negotiate his move away from Manchester United in, in the way he's acting mm-hmm. and, and sort of the condescending nature of his press conferences but um it's a condescending petulant more but going forward if tottenham don't meet pochettino's targets there is a poor start to the season can you see pochettino staying at the club um i don't think the way he comes across in interviews and the way he's presented himself is very you know calm and well-mannered and and thoughtful about especially young players over this this u.s pre-season tour he's come across and identified that Oliver Skip and like Luke Amos have really performed well where if you compare those to Jose Mourinho's and that press conference is just like shambolic like saying that, that none of them deserve to be playing for Man United and only Alexis Sanchez is the one that's putting any effort in it's just like I don't think that in Pochettino's locker the sort of demands and say to Levy look I need these players otherwise I can't do it because look at the job that he's done like I looked at the squad list of what he inherited from when he started, he had, what, Fazio Cabal in in, um, in defence, and you think, crikey, mm. like, how, how are you supposed to turn that around? Um, so, but I do think it will take, you know, it will be like a season, two seasons when it starts. The questions start being asked, especially if we've not won anything. I think that's the main thing. I think a trophy would be, like, so rejuvenating for this squad. And, uh, like, imagine an FA Cup win. That would be amazing. Um but yeah, only time will tell. I can say all this and he could leave like in the January transfer window. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> James, thank you very much for joining us this evening, pal. Great to hear from you. Be like James. Give us a call. 0208 70 20 558 is the number to call at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. If, you, uh, if you're feeling a bit shy, you can just tweet us. Don't worry about it. Loads of people too will be reading some of your tweets next. Also, I believe Jace wants to talk about uh, uh, his opening day memories. I'm not sure we'll be keeping him until the second half of the show because Paddy's got a couple of articles uh, that he's he, he's been digging up because I don't know if you know a producer can read. Yeah, he can read. Can, can you read? Of course I can. You know, I'm a civilized man. Of course I can read. <laughs> right, you've got some articles you're going to dig up next. It's twenty minutes to eight o'clock. It's Love Sport. The Fans Show with SevenBestBets.com, the official bookmaker of Love Sport. Yeah, seven forty-three across the capital. Reading some of your tweets now, Liam the Car at Liam the Car has tweeted us saying, "Am I the only one thinking that we have missed out on getting Higuain? I think he would have been really good uh, for us, but now it looks like he's going to AC Milan on loan." Thoughts? I just don't think Spurs would go for that caliber of player again because they've had their hands burnt previously when it comes to Saldado. If you look at the way, you know, Spurs went big, they brought in a striker that was proven in terms of his goal ratio at the time. I think Saldado was up there as one of the best strikers in the country, four or five, in terms of his goal return. And I don't think Spurs would do that again. 
because when you look at it, Harry Kane would always be Spurs' first-team striker. They're looking for someone that's going to come off the bench and make an impact. And I know it sounds silly, I know it's a long time ago now we had him, but Jermaine Defoe, I still can't help but thinking Jermaine would still be a great option for Spurs to bring off the bench as an alternative. Yeah, potentially. Has he lost that yard of pace, though? Well, he can't be any slower than Rense, can he? No. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, I saw a tweet saying that you, you, Spurs are interested in you. Oh, listen. I'm flattered, but I, nothing from Daniel Levy yet. Lewis Riley's tweeted saying he he, uh, he sent you a picture of Zaha having a medical, Jase. I, I haven't seen that one, I must admit. You haven't so. seen that one. Fair play. Fair play. Um, Paddy. You had an article, or a couple of articles. You you were sh- scrolling through the papers while you were having your elevenses. I was indeed. Tell us, uh, tell us uh, what you picked up. So, but in the back of the evening standard and the sports section the back pages, um, there's a, a headline saying "My stars are free to party." And that's by, uh, from Maurizio Pochettino. It says, "I won't cut short players' holidays like Mourinho." So, as you know, Mourinho's been complaining over the last few days. He feels that his side are severely depleted, and he's called upon the likes of Paul Pogba, Jesse Lingard to link up with the squad ahead of a schedule despite of their you know their efforts in Russia he wants them to come back because he feels his squad is in trouble however Maurizio Pochettino is not going to do that because he feels his players deserve time off he says they are not machines you cannot negotiate it's against our interests but I think you must prioritise the health of the players physically and psychologically it's so important for them to rest have some parties spend time with friends and family and he says look after 10 months of playing in different competitions and then in the World Cup it's impossible not to give them holidays isn't that a good view you guys look it's not going his way in the in the transfer window so far but he's positive he's doing the exact opposite of Mourinho he's getting the morale of the players that you already have in the squad and building some confidence and morality in the team hasn't he well these players adore Pochettino we know that as a given anyone that's worked on the Pochettino seems to absolutely love him he is about the players he's about giving the players what they want and at the same time you know you see the collective bond in this Spurs squad. It's such a joy to behold. And Jace will back me up, I'm sure, in saying that I can't remember a time where we felt so connected as Tottenham fans, seeing this team, seeing Pochettino. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration lies because, again, I'll go back to the point that so many Spurs fans will feel now that we are so, so close to something so special. And it's just now taking an extra step, Jace. What do you think? Yeah, I think we all know that his, his relationship is excellent. But you perhaps... You know, if we if we think a little bit further down the line, is he is he demanding enough of them or something? And and that will be the question, I suppose, as the season goes on. If if you don't win anything, and I mean, Aaron was talking about where does Pochettino's future lie if he doesn't get the things from Levy? But this is his fifth season, and so you know, perhaps those those players start to get too comfortable with the message, and and perhaps he does need to to push them and challenge them a bit more. But isn't that the right way to react to um, those Mourinho comments? You know, to bring to boost morale. Oh, great! Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't think there's too many Spurs fans would want the the Mourinho type character. They they perhaps would like the success that Mourinho would have brought, but I don't think he's any as is as, as a manager that people want to engage with. I don't think Jose Mourinho would have brought Spurs success. <laughs> he, he would have fallen out with Levy on day six. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been like the Big Brother house. They basically that's exactly what you know the lane would have been uh, because. Because, I mean, can you imagine Mourinho at Spurs? Oh. It's funny you say that, Aaron, because obviously there's a lot of people on Twitter and social media that just seem to think that Pochettino is Levy's puppet now. 
because there's been obviously Pochettino's initial comments when we go back and we say that you know this guy wanted to see Spurs significantly back the side, and now we're turning around saying only in you know his press conference last night that. His words were, last season I told you some numbers, but this season we don't know. I don't know if we're going to sign or not. We're working on it. I cannot even tell you if it's going to, if we're going to sign one, two, three, four, or zero. And that, I think, is what has left Spurs fans slightly concerned, that we may not be having anyone at all coming this summer. Everyone is, uh, is somewhat concerned. Uh, taking a look on Twitter once again and uh, Harry the Hat 59 said get the Southampton old boys in Rodriguez, Shaw, Lalana, all know the Pochettino way. Do you know what? Someone was talking to me about Luke Shaw the other day and said have you noticed that basically all his waste issues have come since he's been at Man United and they weren't there at Spurs and I'm just thinking because Pochettino has this coaching style Maybe he could get the best out of him. Maybe he could get the best out of some of these players who just aren't doing it somewhere else. Because he knows how to, you know, put the arm around the shoulder and get uh, maybe the extra 10 or 15% out of him. Joe, it's funny you say that about the left-back situation. Sure, like I say, he may be an option for Tottenham, but I have to chuckle a bit at Danny Rose, who's been linked this week, and this is no disrespect to the club, to a move to Wolves. Now, at the time of when Rose came out and made his comments about, you know, I only be paid what I'm worth and all this, you know, it's quite hilarious now when you look back and think the guy hasn't really hit the peak form we saw previous to those comments. And isn't it ironic that after all this, Jace, the clubs he's got to pick from, Wolves being an option now, who've just come up They've from the, the uh, championship. I think even Everton have got, who, who have I just seen Everton linked with? Left Marcos, Marcos Rojo they've yeah. gone for. They've gone for Rojo, have they? I thought seen pads, but they, they well. need a centre half and a left back. Lucas Digne, yeah. is it? Lucas yeah, Digne, that's right. That's that's the one I saw. So, so even the Rose to Everton ones have now died down. And yeah, Wolverhampton Wanderers and well, Wolves have got the money, Jack. No, They'll match his wages. And, and yeah, it's just the fact Rose. You know, after all of what he said, to end up there would be quite ironic in a way. Do you think he peaked a bit too, a bit too quickly? No, I, I think it's just that the injury he obviously got. at when he was at the peak of his form was obviously a lot worse than than he wanted and the treatment of it didn't go as he planned and w- whenever a player gets a really bad well let's be fair about it knee injuries are not great for footballers are they knees you, you get a bad knee injury it's very hard to mm. come back to that yeah. that same level consistently and I think there's that that psychological thing of will it go again which which just changes perhaps your your style psychologically and I think it, it's tough for him Angelo has tweeted saying, great show, guys. I'm confident we will get players in, in my opinion. Thanks for the tweet, Angelo. Oh, I hope you're right, Angelo. I hope you're right. <laughs> I'd say I'm with Angelo. I think it's going to be the late, late show from uh, from, from Levy. What do you reckon, Paddy? Yeah, look, it, it's looking that way as well. But sometimes doesn't that work out for the best, guys, doesn't it? Not really, Paddy. When you look back at Spurs' deadline day, OK, round of art, I'll give you that one, yeah. but... Sissoko, I think that's killed everyone off now. I don't think anyone can believe in last-minute signings coming to be a success, Jace. Well, well, I look at our squad, and I think Hugo Lloris was a last-day signing, or penultimate day. Penult- yeah. Moussa Dembele was a penultimate last day. Christian Eriksen was a penultimate last day. Vincent Jansen signed nice and early, had that benefit of a whole pre-season with Pochettino to learn the methods, became a complete and utter useless whatever you want to call him so I think it goes both ways you can make early signings that go wrong you can make them ideally of course you I, I wouldn't deny that ideally you want to bring them in early but I think it's it's about the quality and if you sign a quality player then I think they can be hit the ground running and our flip side that 
Chelsea won the league with everybody laughing that they bought David Luiz and Marcus Alonso as last day panic buyers and those two players were key to Chelsea winning the league people call Marcus Alonso a Bolton reject well there you go (laughs) exactly (laughs) it was brilliant Um, Zedman at Spur Dog 1 has tweeted saying Rick and Jace what is your vision for the club moving forward what are your personal aspirations for this club just asking what you want Spurs to be I realise Spurs will never be Man United City Chelsea this is the main reason I support Spurs because they're different honest tweet for me I grew up with the whole thing about Spurs is winning trophies the glory and unfortunately I haven't seen that come to fruition during my time supporting Spurs yet just the one trophy in the last 19 years I just want to see a Spurs side and it's all there now in terms of great manager great set of players I just want to see the trophies now and that's what I want to see I've enjoyed the football I'm enjoying like I say this family fill of a squad but now for me the real ice on the cake would be to see these players get over the line and win that first trophy there'll be nothing more special to me than to see this particular group yeah. under this particular manager finally get over the line and I'm absolutely convinced once the first trophy comes more will 100% follow Jace. I want to see us win the league. I mean, I've I've seen us win cups. I've seen us win league cups. I've seen us win UEFA cups and all that. That's a different competition to now. But the one thing I really want to see us win is is a league title. And you know, I don't want to. What I, what I don't want Tottenham to do is what happened in two thousand and eight to play an awful dull season of of absolute dross that ends up with us winning a league cup. And then for the next 10 years, nothing comes on the back of it. So I want to see Spurs win the league in my lifetime. Yeah. I, I everyone, everyone wants to see their club win the league. That's understandable. I mean, I think even an FA Cup oh, would probably that, be it for you guys. Honest, it? Even an FA Cup an would FA be Cup so would much now. It would. I tell you, you know, a lot of people say about Champions League, listen, of course I want Champions League yeah. football. But I also want that day that I see... Hugo Lloris, Harry Kane lift that FA Cup. It will yeah. mean so much to see that day of Spurs fans all celebrating together. We finally got over the line. And I promise you, all these tweets, these memes about Spurs can't win this, Spurs can't win that, there's a psychological issue, all that will go. It will. It certainly will. Paddy, you had a point. I had indeed. Look, is, is, is this a time where Daniel Levy doll needs to be pushed out? Because, yes, you're, you have some, you're some talented uh players there in the squad but look you're 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 lacking in terms of investing in quality i mean real quality big names and when you have those big names coming to the club it will attract more big names is this a time where someone needs to say to daniel look if you're not going to change your ways get out i think that's that's the debate that's being had i think it, is it Daniel Levy or is it Enoch? Would would another chairman that's relying on Enoch's money be able to work differently to Daniel Levy? I don't know. I've I've said uh, people will accuse me of being a Levy lover. I'm not a Levy lover. You're happy Until clapper, then, you. uh, I'm a happy clapper. I love being a happy clapper. Football is supposed to make you happy, and you're supposed to clap when you watch it. So happy clapper, give me all the time. But but for me, it's it's where's the where's the two and a half three three billion pounds to come in and buy Tottenham and if somebody comes and do that and pumps in genuine money fantastic but just to say Levy out to bring in Golden Sullivan or the Venkis doesn't work Tony Fernandez came to QPR was going to do wonders for QPR the what grass is to never green name exactly. me how how many clubs can you say bar the obvious Man City and Chelsea where an owner has taken on a club in dire straits Spurs aren't even in dire straits that's the worst bit City their owner had just gone to jail 
tax in Genoa had frozen the club's assets. They were trying to spend money, but they couldn't. You know, Chelsea were... There's always that story. They were minutes away from going under because of Ken Bates and his Chelsea Village project. Um, Liverpool... I mean, look at Liverpool with Hicks and Gillette. They, they almost went under in that stage I mean, as that, well. that's because they they were obsessed with building a new ground. They, exactly. they were obsessed with building a new ground. Spurs have got owners who have got money but instead of spending money willy-nilly they want to spend money pragmatically and they're doing it I think maybe they've got a long-term vision see the the thing is everyone says we're doing it the right way and I've always tried to believe in that philosophy of the right way but then you kind of think nowadays what is the right way because I want to see my team win trophies is this the right way because we're not seeing the trophies at the moment but at the same time I do get such a satisfaction in seeing this young team grow season upon season mm. but at the same time I do want to see some success at the end of it and I think it's getting to a point now where as I said on last week's show can Pochettino convince these players again to commit at the end of next season if we haven't won a trophy I just think this is such a defining that, season for us that's the ultimate question past 7.57 it's love sport Liam has tweeted us saying, first time I've listened properly and I'm really liking it. Keep it up, lads. Hashtag come on, you Spurs. Liam, we love having you on board as well, mate. You can carry on at Love Sport Radio. Get in touch with us. They dare to do, and the Lily Whites are going to score on you. They're no angels, but this season, Harry and the boys are going for gold. From White Hart Lane to Wembley, Spurs will always be North London's finest. It's the Tottenham Hotspurs fan show on Love Sport with seven of the best for your chance to win a million pounds. Tottenham Hotspur fan show, Love Sport Radio. Good evening. Three minutes past eight across London. This is uh, Love Sport with Last Word on Spurs. It's Ricky and Jace from Last Word on Spurs. Paddy's sporting some brilliant dance moves back there. Oh, he loves this man. one. He loves, he loves it. It's a, he's, he's, he, he loves looks a happy clapper back there. He loves the old school, though. That's the thing. I it sounds like kind of a disco classic, you know, I'd be out in the floor dance. I, I'd say you had some moves back in your day, Jess. No, mate, definitely no. not. <laughs> definitely. I've never had moves. Ricky still has moves, I'd say. Ricky, Ricky you moves. cut shapes, don't you? Ah, a couple of them. A couple <laughs> of them, maybe. Are you a shuffler? Bit of a shuffler. Yeah, a bit of everything, really. You, you shuff- Only moves I've ever done are house moves, mate. I've never done any dance floor moves. <laughs> right, let's kick things off with a tweet. Dan, at Acute Winks, uh, has tweeted, saying, love the show, guys. Would you... Well, thank you very much for that, firstly. Would you rather win the FA Cup next year or wait five years to win the league title with no trophy success during those years? Very good question. Well, I've waited, what, 40... No, what is it now? 55 years or 56 years to win the league. So, um, no, I don't think I'd want to wait five years. I said... Whilst we were going to that new stadium, I said Champions League football was perhaps more important to us than winning a cup over the past couple of seasons. I think now that we're in that stadium, I think the the trophy demand gets bigger next season. So, yes, I do want to see us win trophies next season. I agree with Jace. I'm at a point now where, for me, 
trophies are becoming everything because I haven't seen many, Aaron, and I don't want to keep going on about it, but we're at a point now where this Spurs team does need to get over the line. And I, as I said before we went to a break, I do genuinely believe once we get one, the rest will follow. And, you know, it's just a point for me where it may just be taking a big, big player to come in with a proven winning mentality that just gets this team over the line. Because we've seen in recent seasons, Spurs have got no issue in getting the semi-finals. It's just that last final hurdle which we struggle in. We've shown, even with the league, all right, season before last, we was up there, we was competing, we've now got the squad. It's now just about adding those one or two with that mentality of knowing what it takes to win. Also, not being afraid to be on the ball in difficult situations where you are a goal down, not shying away, wanting to really, really say, I'm here, I've arrived, give me the ball. I think every generation needs that that big special day in their their hearts as well. I mean, those of us that were in the 80s, we can remember the, the FA Cup in 81, we can remember that UEFA Cup, and we still remember those players and those nights with real affection, and perhaps this generation of fan doesn't have that, and it needs to have it. So, yes, we definitely need to do it now. Chaps, we've had some more tweets. Uh, Yidvids at uh, Yidvids has tweeted in saying, Good show so far, lads. Thank you very much, mate. On a scale of one to horrendous, how bad does our new shirt look with white shorts? Sh- Dan, it's awful. Horrendous. Oh, it's awful, shirt, Dan. Shirts I'm not season. a big fan, Dan, at all. I've got to be honest with you. It's going to take me some time to warm to this one. Are you buying it? No, not the home shirt. Do, do you buy the home shirts? I usually do, but I, I certainly haven't bought do, this do one. Do you wait yet. until they're on sale? <laughs> You're not like what, in, the, in the reduced style, you mean on yeah, this one? I, I always wait. I always wait, and I buy, I buy them when they're on sale. Seventy-five pound a kit at Man United, and then I'm going to go and I'm going to pay thirty pound now. I'm well happy. It looks even worse with the blue shorts, doesn't it? Because it almost looks like the shirt is up to your waist. It's just not a great look at all. It <laughs> the old, really the old isn't. Jack ups look. I'd love to know if the players have had a survey around that dressing room. Who has actually? Does anyone like this kit? They haven't got much of a choice. They've got to wear it. Yeah, it's not great. You think, though, that the creators, like, do you think they'd actually just look at it and look at the game and see what's in fashion and see what's in trend, you know? Because some of them, I, I don't think, take the fans' perspective into account. Is this even in fashion or in trend? I th- It's th- Nike, mate. The only oh, thing I will say about the new shirt, and, and I'm not a Nike fan, and I've I've criticised in the past that, that constant generic shirt that they've had for, I mean, you know... Chelsea, Manchester City, Tottenham effectively all had exactly the same kit. It's the same, it's a template all kit. Change. At least this year, as bad as it is, they haven't given us a template home kit. Our kit is different from PSG's kit, I and mean, it's different from Manchester City's kit. And I mean, Chelsea's is horrendous, I think, this year as well. I, I, I mean, as, as bad as the rivalry is, I used to think Chelsea's Adidas kits looked fantastic, really good. But this year, with all that red and white flashes on it, but at least Nike have gone away from the generic for some of their thing this year, but they've just come up with, with the office junior doing the design. I think I that's mean, the problem. Adidas, for me, peaked in, in United's first season. We had a great kit in the first season. They've been absolutely shambolic ever since. The away kits are very nice, though, which is the worst bit. The away kits, the third kit's absolutely delightful. Um... Funny enough, uh, well, uh, Sam Z has just tweeted him full on horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine Sam would think that. Bless him. Sam, f- full on horrendous, mate. Yeah, spot on, mate. Don't don't be don't be paying the postage, mate. Wait until it's <laughs> wait until it's reduced to clear on the on the Spurs shop, and and at least you'll you'll feel a bit better when you buy it. You wouldn't think it'd be long, would you? Christmas, they might Christmas, have something. Yeah, Christmas. Possibly. The best bit is come March, April, when there's like fifty percent off. 
every shirt 50% of it. It's like, bam, 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 get him out the door. Um, Paddy, you had an article about the new Spurs Stadium. Now, we're, we're waiting because there are some test events that are going to be going up. Anyone got their tickets? Are the tickets available yet? Not on sale yet. But no. I will definitely be going to the uh, the Legends game. Really looking forward to that. Yeah. I'll definitely be there for that one. Yet one hundred percent. Paddy. So apparently, to the, um, according to the Even Standard, eighty hour a week Spurs job is the title here. So Tottenham, they're satisfied that workers at the site of their new stadium are being treated correctly. Following reports that some were being offered back to back twelve hour shifts as the deadline approaches. So as you know, two test events are scheduled uh, for next month, and then the first uh, Premier League game that the stadium is going to host is on September fifteenth. And a report in the Construction News magazine today says there are adverts on UK job sites for workers willing to fulfil 80-hour weeks and 16-hour days to ensure the 850 million project is to be completed on time. So, guys, that's a bit ridiculous, isn't it? You know, it, it, it's what's that showing about the preparations of the stadium? Did you take on too much? I think one of my criticisms of Levy and the stadium is that, yes, we have we perhaps have pitched it rather than just well we know we've pitched it at NFL and, and other events and, and perhaps we've lost that, that feeling of it being a football stadium you know retractable pitches and things I, I can understand the, the the money concept coming in but yes you know even, even the branding of the stadium now the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium I think we've we've lost a little bit of that football feel from it and the stadium has, has definitely become a, a, a real luxury item gentrified yeah football fans don't need that do they i mean we're not we're not fussed about some of the facilities in there you want to you want to see the game you want to go down at half time get a beer get a have a loo have your pint and then get back upstairs to watch the game as quickly as possible it doesn't have to be fine dining and things like that all the time i mean you're you're going from from the regular spurs burger now to a uh to a, a brioche you <laughs> know. Well, cheese room. we did have elite the elite wembley burger in fairness what, what was that like covering the year I, th- I think you had to pay by credit card before you, you, there was no cash even then it was pay by card only is is the plan like so get your state like this is what probably Levy's looking at now and the rest of the board they're like we'll get the stadium in place you know it's over 60,000 is that then where you put the investment into the into the team you know into the infrastructure there is that where you go and get the big players after all this is uh, put up so you'll have facilities to cater for that possibly that possibly that's the way but I mean you know the, the season tickets have come out. That that caused a huge uh, rumpus in there, didn't it? With everyone complaining about the season ticket prices. At some stage, you hope that you do get those benefits of being in a new stadium. But um, you know, as I say, I think we, we've lost. We've gone away from it being just a, a football stadium, and and probably to some of us, as as magnificent as it may well be. Did we really need it to be as as magnificent as it as obviously they're pitching it to be? It, will this it disrupt preparations? You know, going into the new season now, if you're not able to get into the stadium and have that first game there by September fifteenth, do you think this will upset where you might come in the season? Um, I wouldn't be too sure about that, only because we've seen Spurs already show a real good adaptation to Wembley after a while. For me, just back to the stadium point, Porik. Everyone says the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Yeah, that's what it's being defined as now. But it will always be White Hart Lane. There'll be every single Spurs supporter going to that ground and they'll always say we're going to White Hart Lane. That name will never, ever be forgotten. There's already, the club have already said that they're already making certain things within the stadium as shrines to White Hart Lane. But for me, I think, like Jace has already said, we are moving away slightly from what we had before. And we have to now understand that what the club want 
is they want it to be a match day experience where you're not just going there anymore just for the game. You're going there to go into the stadium nice and early, to go to the cheese room, go and get your EDAM, settle down to watch the game. I tell you what, I want more than Come EDAM up. if there's a cheese room there. <laughs> what's, 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 what's your favourite cheese? I, I cheese want a decent bit choice? of Stilton or something like that. I don't oh, want dairy oh, Lee and EDAM. But, I'm t- but, this is, but this is what it's becoming now. For Spurs generally now, what it is is they want you to be there for the whole day. They don't want you to come outside and go to Chick King down the road. They want you to stay within that stadium and feel that you have got enough there to kind of satisfy your needs. That's what Spurs are building it to be. I think the thing that makes... Don't mug off chicken. No, listen, I love chicken. Not a problem at all. But for me, that's what the Spurs are building it to become now. They want you to be able to spend as much time as possible within the stadium. But that's because... And and Jace, sorry sorry to, you know, interrupt. But look, I've seen it from my club. You know, when, when... they expanded the ends on the ground. You see these Thomas Cook Dream Break packages where they're selling, you know, to tourists, they're selling a, a ticket to Manchester United versus Hull City, a premier fixture, a night in a Holiday Inn. It's like, <laughs> literally, enjoy a three-star experience. And it'd be like, you know, £300 a person. And all they're doing is basically calculating the, the pound per head. How much is that person bringing in for us? How much are they costing us? How much are we making off them? How much are they going to go and spend in the uh, in the club shop are they going to go and spend in the in the ground the kiosks are they going to buy beers in there they're going to buy drinks in there what are they doing in here i think what makes the the, the best fan experience is enjoying what happens on the pitch of and course. walking out the stadium with three points and Spot if you something. do that then the fans will enjoy it. it it's no good if you go into that stadium and we lose two nil at home to brighton and you say didn't i have a nice meal Fans don't want that. We've seen it, Aaron. We've seen it with West Ham. We've seen it with Arsenal. You can mm-hmm. have the biggest stadiums ever. It can look beautiful, if you want to call it that. Or at West Ham, you've got need binoculars to be able to see what's going on during the game. Fair point. But it doesn't matter. Like Jason said, there's absolutely spot on. What goes on on that pitch during 90 minutes is the most important thing. Forget the stadium and what it looks like. Spurs need to hit the ground running and really make this a fortress. And I think the club have had the fortitude now and the chance to learn off previous clubs' mistakes somewhat, Arsenal, West Ham, it is now just about Spurs trying to generate an atmosphere within that stadium so that when clubs do come to Tottenham, there is a fear factor like we had at White Hart Lane. Certainly. We're going to have Jace's memoirs next. It's Love Sport. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com Fancy a flutter? 7bestbets.com Love Sport's official bookmaker. This is Jace's memories on Love Sport Radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's fantastic. We, we're approaching uh, the opening day of the season, and Jace wanted to, you know, just recollect, go through his memoirs. You know, he's got he's got like these little notebooks he carries around everywhere, just with like Spurs memories. Uh, let's let's have one. What year are we going back to, Jace? No, I, I just wanted to lighten the load, and I want as that season approaches, I want some callers in, get away from transfer talk, get away from Toby. Give me that that fantastic memory you have on the opening day for me. 1978, Sheffield United, Hovis Music, first game I ever saw in Division 2, 4-2 win, but my ultimate opener was winning 4-1 at Everton. 1984, John Chidozzi debut scoring, Clive Allen got two on his debut, Mark Falco, what's better than winning at Everton 4-1 on the opening day, mate? What do you make of that, Ricky? I oh, Listen, unfortunately it was before my time, <laughs> but... For me personally, one of my favourite memories of Spurs on the opening day, it's not too far back, Eric Dyer 
last minute winner against West Ham, Maurizio Pochettino's first game in charge. I was in Greece. I remember just sprinting down strip. <laughs> you were sprinting down the strip? Sprinting down the strip. Eric Dyer, last minute winner. I remember going absolutely berserk. Pochettino's reign off and running with a bang. Nice one. Nice one. I like that. Come on, I want I want some good memories from Spurs fans. Call in with or your goals. opening day Great memories. Debut goals. Exactly, it can be goals. It can be even the first time you saw that wonderful kit that you've you've fallen in love with that isn't made by Nike as well. <laughs> yeah. So we're looking for debut goals, favourite Spurs kits, favourite opening day memories. O two O eight seventy twenty five five. If your call is good enough. And I tell you what, Paddy will, will judge whether your uh, whether your story is good enough. We might even give you the bed. Jack it up a bit. Let's have let's have a listen. <laughs> oh, beautiful! It really, really is. It's Love Sport Radio. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. We want to hear from you this evening. You can tweet us as well at Love Sport Radio. There at last word on Spurs. I've got to say, my favourite Spurs kit has to be the old fashioned Spurs Adidas Holston with the chunky collar. Ninety nine, around there. Ninety nine into two thousand. Around that era. Around, but I think you had like the similar sort of kit for three years. It was changed one year. They slightly tweaked it, but it was when uh, Sheringham made his return. You know that massive. Yeah, collar. I remember. Yeah, what a yeah. kit. Yeah. Good, good quality, good quality. Where sponsors in those days didn't make a massive amount of fuss in what they do now. Well, it was a rotation between them and HP for you, lot for years, wasn't it? HP and yeah, and Holston, wasn't Holston, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, good, good quality sponsor. Admiral kit, seventy-eight, mate. You, we were talking about it because I've got the, the I've got the Wimbledon hoodie on today. One. I've got the Wimbledon hoodie on today. It is made by Admiral, but Wimbledon have moved to Puma now um, for some reason. That whole era of Admiral kits, the England kit with the. You know, with the, the shoulder panels and that. I love those Admiral kits. Yeah. Not a fan of them. But they were all in black and white. That was Not the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you couldn't tell the colours. That's the problem. You couldn't tell if there was any patterning, any uh, any different colours on it. Because, yeah, the tellies were all in black and white. What, what, any any other favourite? What's your favourite Spurs kit? Go on. Favourite Spurs kit? I can tell my worst kits. Go on. And that was the Kappa. If you remember that Kappa one, it was like the stretchy. Thompson. What well, Kappa? It was like the Kappa. Do you remember the stretchy? Yeah. Material? Andy Reid, bless him. God, what oh. he used to look like. Andy Reid. That, that was the Edgar David season. Andy Reid, no. Just before Thompson. Edgar. Andy Andy Reid wasn't with um, with Edgar David. I'm but sure. Yeah, you're Ed- right. Edgar, Edgar David had Edgar a Ward, Kappa didn't kit he? on, I think. Yeah. I know exactly. Was was, was it was he with was the blue sleeves? Yeah, I was about to say, was it blue sleeves or was it all, all white? Blue sleeves. Think white with the blue sleeves. Yeah, yeah. White yeah. Blue sleeves. Uh, Wasn't that the food poisoning kit? It was. Yeah, the food poisoning. Nabet didn't wear it, did he? No, no, Norredine. Unfortunately, just skipped him. <laughs> just about. <laughs> just about. So that's you. You're not a fan of that one. Not a fan of that one. No, no. I'm trying to think of one of my favourites. Wasn't a fan of any of the pony kits. Remember that horrendous Pony. blue away one that had spurs going across the, the what, whole of the top what, shoulders? What, just like, what a name of a brand, Pony. Yeah, not I good. remember some of our goalkeeper kits of Ian Walker being interested in. Blue, and, blue, blue, and, oh, blue and orange? Blue and orange. We had some bizarre ones back in the day of Ian Walker. Yeah, I just used to remember him with the... Um, with the big with curtains, the curtains. Just like, just pushing them back all the time. It's like, mate, get yourself a hairband or something, pal. We didn't really save money. That might that might explain why we were letting so many in. Aye. And the thing about Walker was, my strangest thing is, we concede, and you'd almost ironically smile. And you think, God, don't smile. That'd make it even worse. <laughs> oh, uh, Daniel Elson has tweeted in saying that he must be the only one that likes it. Really? Oh, what, the, the new, the yeah. new kit, Daniel? 
There's got to be a couple. Andrew Warden has said, oh man, it's bad. <laughs> the, the 0708 one with Mansion as a sponsor, Puma as well. The I old like Didio Zakora kit. Too much red in there for me. Yeah. Oh, I just don't think red is for Tottenham shirts. There shouldn't be any red. See, that's why I go back to the Adidas Holster one. Proper old school. Or like school. Jason's the Admiral. Collar, Admiral. everything. Yeah. Admiral, Admiral, Admiral had no Admiral, sponsor yeah. at all in those days. but uh, You had Hummel for a bit as well, didn't you? The Hummel the kits were all right, yeah. yeah. In the, they're, in the cut, they're making a resurgence, Hummel. Rangers, Charlton, they've got them now. The following season. Oh, what they, was uh, that story that, that Rangers launched their Hummel kit and one of their fans thought they'd actually signed Matt's Hummels? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That he sent be, out on Twitter, well, oh. we've signed Matt's Hummels. And that would be so it was, Spurs. It was only about 15 minutes later that everyone told him to pipe down and they meant they'd signed the, the Hummel kits. See, the irony yesterday, you talk about you know perceptions where we had Serge Aurea come out and tweeting Wilfred Zaha, well, I say tweeting more, in, I think on Instagram, talking to him there and he put up a kind of signal of like the eagle and every Spurs fan's just gone absolutely berserk thinking oh my god it's happening you know we're talking as a ha and even better Sir- agent Serge is making it happen but no one's even considered the thought that Serge didn't have a great season <laughs> could he be going the other way to Palace and we've got this completely wrong potentially potentially then again they've got no money have they mm. no Max Moore on a freeze, and that could be a good signing yeah, for them. Yeah, they, got they look like they got as much money as we have. At the <laughs> no, 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 you, you got a bit more in the coffers. Everyone was giving out about his wages, though, with Max Moyer and stuff. Surely he wouldn't be able to pay out his wages. I think it was maybe a hundred grand plus. They, they, they've promised him bits and pieces from Tasty Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know Tasty Jerk down at down Sellers Park? I don't personally so, know. So, so to- Tottenham, uh, sorry, excuse me, Palace have this little uh, this little jerk chicken shop next to the ground, and when they announce a signing. They have, you know, that the, the the smoke, the chimney. They have an image of the chimney with the smoke coming out of it, like <laughs> like the Pope. And I was actually sent that video today, and it's it's the best video ever. Uh, but yeah, it, it, they they probably offered him like a lifetime supply of tasty jerk, which is which is apparently pretty good stuff. Eight twenty three. Our number again: oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. Just want to hear your best Spurs moments, your your opening day moments, your opening day debutants as well. Um, you know, favourite summer signings. Who who did you love to watch? Want to roll back the years? You might even get the bed if if Paddy's feeling generous. Eight twenty three is love sport. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com, the official bookmaker of Love Sport. Yeah, it's Love Sport right at 8.26 across the capital. You have had a toy, am I right? Yeah, we've got the perhaps one of the most famous ones of a debut, Jurgen Klinsmann on the opening day with that, that fantastic win at Sheffield Wednesday and the, the unforgettable celebration where, of course, the famous dive, which everyone joined in. So, yeah, that's a, that's a good shout, that one. Oh, if we could find a striker... As an alternative to Kane, like Jurgen, of that ilk, of that ilk, we'd be up there challenging again. Yeah, you probably would. What How easy it is is another question, but Jurgen, God, what a player he was! He was, he was a serious, serious baller. Uh, Liam, the car, has tweeted in once again with uh, uh, an Umbro number uh, from 1994. The Adidas, uh, in fact, That's he said it's Adidas. He's, it's Umbro. Yeah, <laughs> um, the the Umbra away kit 1994 he said he believes it's got like some blue sort of like race patterning on the uh, on on the sleeve uh, I'll tell you what there you go I'll flip it around for you Oh yeah, that, that's yeah, what's that? the early nineties. That's early what ninety one, ninety two. I said yeah. Gary Gary Lineker against Porto. I can remember in that shirt. He said he said he's yeah. a fan of that uh, tweet from Andrew Dolan. He says USA listener here. Love the program. Is Spurs interest in Pulisic over? Would hate seeing him at Chelsea. Much prefer him over Zaha at a similar price. Thoughts? 
I've always been of a, a fan of the guy. I don't know obviously too much about him from what I've seen of him. Again, I hate to say it's based on YouTube clippings and small highlights. He doesn't look a bad player at all. But if Chelsea are in the market for him, can Spurs, I hate to say this, can we realistically match his wage demands of what he'd be after? I don't know. But definitely the midfield areas we've discussed this evening at the start of the show is looking fairly thin. If Dembele is going to go, we are going to need another central midfielder. Pulisic, I said on last week's show, Kovacic. Those are probably the two, for me, top ones that would fit the bill. Don't you think, Jace? No, I think central midfield's far more pressing. I mean, I made the point on Sunday's show, if we go back to January, when people said to us, we need to sign a pacey wide player that, that can take players on and score goals, we need one of those types of players. We signed Lucas Moura. They didn't say in January we needed two of them. So we've brought the one in that we needed and suddenly everyone's decided we need another one. But nobody wanted two in January. So I, I can't, can't balance that one out. We've got five players that can play behind Kane. We've got a midfielder at the moment that's got Moussa Sissoko in it. We need to sort midfield out quickly. Remember, Jace, we're losing Sonny as well for a period. For a period, yeah. But still, you're not you losing for the season. You look at that squad, you still don't tell me you don't think we still need at least maybe another attacking option from the bench. Someone's going to really come on and change well, the game. At the moment, it's a soak. Well, as I've said to you before, the attacking options off the bench. Let, let's say that, that the three behind Kane was was Ali, Eriksson, Hummin, Son. We're we're one nil down with an hour gone, so we've brought on Lucas Mora. We're one nil down with seventy five minutes gone, so we've brought on Eric Lamella. You know what is? <laughs> if five of them haven't worked, I don't think a sixth one's going to work. You're not going to pay seventy million for a for the third option off the bench in the eighty fifth minute, mate. No, I grant you won't pay that amount of money, but I still think if the opportunity comes later in the window. And we do get offered the chance to sign Martial as part of the Adaviro deal. For me, you've got to take it. If an opportunity comes, great. But you've got to get the ball to those forward players. And at the moment, we've got Musa Sissoko passing the ball to those players. So I don't think you could have 15 of them and they probably will struggle to score. Is, is this where some like youth can be promoted, you know, from the, the youth teams? I think there's the, the only one realistically that we saw a very glimpse of last year is Kaziah Sterling. But... You know, as I, as I said earlier, they've got to be at a level with, with Sonny, with Lucas Moore and that, and you're asking a hell of a lot. But yeah, maybe if you want that third option, you're going to chuck a kid on if it's for the sake Georgie of five maybe. minutes. Georgie, I mean, he looks one that's up and coming. He featured heavily on Spurs' last pre-season tour. He's played a little bit on this one, but is it enough to you know say you can trust this guy to come on and make a difference in games? I don't think he's there just quite yet. I think sometimes a kid can be that 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 85th minute grabs a goal and perhaps just once or twice a season and and that's enough. But no, I mean for me, sort centre and midfield out, and we need to sort it quickly. I mean, you, you've seen it as well from other teams, though. You know, you see Marcus Rashford came through with uh, Louis Van Gaal in the Europa League. Is this is the Champions League somewhere? Who, who was the other United one? I'm thinking of against. Didn't he score two against Villa? Makeda. Makeda. Oh, he's had ten years ago. Go. Look, look what happened. With we'll that. take him now, Aaron. We're Makeda, not fussy. Where's he? Can you dig him up for us? Yeah, he's, I think he's on <laughs> Pescara in Serie C in uh, in Italy somewhere. No, he. The problem with him is, I think the attitude was all wrong. Makeda. Look at Yanazai. Yep. You know, a couple of seasons ago, he scored a couple of goals on the Moyes and everyone thought he was the world beater and he, he very much wasn't. He scored against England though, didn't he? Yeah, he scored, scored against England though, to be fair. Scored, scored against England though. Bit, bit awkward that. Uh, thank you very much, Paddy, for uh, for reminding us of that. 8.31, it's Love Sport. It is Love Sport Radio. Pre-season, last game pre-season tonight? Yep, last game. AC Milan? No, we got we got Girona. 
Oh, Girona as well. Girona as well. Oh, Girona. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Definitely. Them. Yep, we got them on Saturday, I think. Saturday or but Sunday last game with, oh, oh, last game of the, the tour. Of the yeah. tour, yeah. AC Milan tour. tonight. Yeah. Last game of the actual tour itself. Is that the International Champions Cup? It is indeed. The Cup of Champions. The cricket trophy. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Who who actually gets crowned the winner at the end? I don't know. I don't know who's Does winning Does anyone actually win a trophy? I think you do get a plate or something like that. I obviously don't know. once, weren't they? I, no, it wasn't that the Bar- that's the Barclays Asia trophy or something. Oh, was that it? Yeah. It's that, basically just different. an unnecessary pre-season... I think this has more or less taken over from the Barclays Asia trophy, hasn't it? I don't think that even goes ahead now. The, the mob down the road aren't doing their usual shenanigans as well. Was the late Orient? The, no, no. Uh, oh, across the river, you mean? Across the river, across yeah. The, sorry. They're not doing across the, the Emirates Cup this year. No, that was, that's their guaranteed trophy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. The, Gutted. It's when they started to finish fourth in it that, that they realised they were still a top four <laughs> club in that case. Oh, that no, they, no, they, no. They it, was, it, it was the year when they finished second, but they still won it. I just don't know how that's that right. worked. That's right. There was that. Yep. That's that right. was a little bit naughty, wasn't it, That's right. was a little bit naughty. Um, yeah, West Ham have won a trophy. They've won the Betway Cup out in Austria on penalties, which was good for you got to take anything. Beat, beat who in that? Uh, well, West Ham's reserves. I'm not actually sure who who, <laughs> who they be. It's actually it's actually twendi- trending on Twitter though. The hashtag Bet Wake Up. Well, well, P- Pellegrini will definitely go down as an a, an upgrade. When was the last time a manager won a trophy for them? <laughs> there you go. That's uh, it. My, they beat Minds of Germany on penalties. They did win a trophy a few years ago. They beat Spurs three times, and they thought that was a trophy. So, <laughs> to, 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 to treble Tottenham in a season was was worthy of a trophy for them. As as Harry of Millwall always says, you come fourth, mate. You're the third losers. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. the third place losers. That's exactly how it is. Uh, are you looking forward to the AC Milan game? Jace, you're going to watch it? What, what time is it? 3.05 again? Yeah. Or is it 3.05 in the morning? They're I not kind with these times, are they? But I suppose it's not for from what it's the American appeal, which you can understand. These fans can't wait to see Spurs over there in the States. You can understand that. No, I can understand that because I've I've been on the, the end of that with, with games, watching games in Asia live, and I, and I know what it means to to fans to, to have that opportunity to see it. So, no, those those types of things are great, but is it a game I'm looking forward to? No, but you, you kind of tolerate them. I've seen as well um, over in Asia when Son is playing basically whatever I think it's in South Korea his home country they just have a picture of his face instead of the Spurs crest <laughs> and so it's it's basically you could, you could say Arsenal versus Son, Son FC Son FC <laughs> oh, the Sonny you can't I said last week you can't help but love that guy we're going to miss him in the period he's going to be away Yeah, again he's a is now an opportunity for, as we've seen so far, Mora to really step up and stake his claim in his first team. And I really do believe he's going to be the player this season, the one to watch. I love him. I actually, I just love him. There's just something about... Do you know why? You, it's a cliche, and Brian Clough used to say that a lot. You've got to play with a smile on your face. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly what he does. You don't see many players that, that actually do that. I he think, does it. Yeah, I think we expect him to play tonight as well. And Amos and Skip also, two guys that have looked quite good so far in this preseason. So I'm looking forward to seeing them guys play together. Lorente, another opportunity, Jace, another audition for him to stage why he uh, will be remaining at Spurs. I think he's even come out today and said that he fully expects to stay here. So that probably rules out Spurs looking for another striker before the window closes. We'll see. We'll see, mate. Yeah, we shall see how uh, our Spurs get on with those transfers. Uh, you looking forward to the Girona game then, Jason? No, not particularly. You're not mate. a pre-season man, are you? No, I, 
I like pre-season, but it's just, I suppose, this is such a disjointed pre-season where you, you haven't got all your players back. So, I, I mean, it's not just Tottenham in that scenario, is it? I mean, you're watching, I said it the other day, you're watching Barcelona v Tottenham in name, but Barcelona have got no one and Tottenham have got no one. And then Manchester City come on against Dortmund and you think, well, there's no one to watch in that. And Liverpool, Man United. It's cool. My mob only got beaten 4-1, but we won't look at that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't pretend that, you know, they're, uh, we're the, the club's in meltdown and Mourinho's going nuts. And yeah, I think it's just hard to get excited about flat fixtures that's all I think last year at least you were watching first team players and and had that kind of excitement to it but this year it's just flat but it must be the same for for almost every club that's in it Everton must be quite flat at the moment I think they're getting beaten 3 and 4-1 in their most recent pre-season games so I can't imagine they're liking it too well, didn't much. They win 26-0 in they, their they won first 22 one. They won 22-0 in their first game. Yep. And then I think they've only scored one goal since. since. I mean, like I say, I think the most frustrating thing, and not to keep harping on about it, is because in pre-season also you look forward to seeing the new guys coming in and making a difference. And we obviously haven't seen that opportunity. I mean, look at Shakiri's goal against Man United. That's one way to already kind of set yourself with you, your home fans. fans. Yeah. I mean, what a bicycle kick that was. We haven't had that I so just far. 6-1 six, into six Milan, Vincent Jansen scoring. Oh, this looks a great season ahead, doesn't it? <laughs> We've been there as there well. We have been what, there as well, what, One fair. signing always lifts the mood, doesn't it? Of course. And it's the old squad numbers as well. You want to see what number they're going to be playing as well. See, I think that's personally why maybe Spurs are waiting and maybe delaying the Grealish transfer because if they would expect that to be announced as the first transfer, there could be an uproar. Whereas if he's announced the second or third player... Mm. He may get a bit of a better reaction. Do you know my point, Jason? That I think no, we to bring I agree with you. a first player of higher quality. I think really should be more accepted. I still want him. Um, going back, Eric Collins has said that uh, he was there at that Jurgen Klinsmann game, Sheffield Wednesday three Spurs four. That J.K. header will never be forgotten. No, fantastic on that far post. And Darren Anderson, I think, had an absolutely fantastic game that game as well. So, no, that's, that's, that doesn't surprise me that that one came up, I must admit. No, certainly. 8.39, it's Love Sport Radio. We're going to be playing seven of the best next on Love Sport. Ricky's going to be making his selections ahead of this week's uh, Football League ties. Of course, it's a big kickoff this weekend, the big kickoff round one. And then the Premier League, of course, kicking off the weekend after. But Ricky's going to be making his six to win and one to draw next. It's Lost Ball. The Fans Show with 7bestbets.com. From casinos to horses. We've got it covered. 7bestbets.com. Love Sports, official betting partner. Yeah, it's Love Sport Radio. Uh, 558MDAB online and via your Alexa smart speaker. Titan plays seven of the best. Make sure you join. Head over to 7OTB.com. Click register. Easy to sign up. Takes 30 seconds. Free to play. Your chance to win £1 million. You've got to pick six to win and one to draw. Ricky, the big kickoff in the Football League this weekend. Who you gone for? Okay, so I've gone for to win. Go for Birmingham. I'm going for Rotherham. Going for Forest. Ipswich. Borough. And QPR. I'm going to go for a draw between West Brom and Bolton. West Brom and Bolton to draw. Yeah. Not an easy start for Darren Moore. No. Tough no. team. D- Bolton, Bolton are the team. I reckon they get battered for the first 10 or 15 games of the season and then they just start to become a bit resilient. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, things going to change for them? The Trotters? Potentially. I mean, just, it's, the Championship for me is one of those most craziest leagues to be in. We've seen teams like the Leeds down there and even like Villa last season that 
it's such a hard, hard league to get out of. So, so hard. And um, yeah, like I've said, difficult, difficult league. So hard to predict it again next season. I mean, Jason, have you got any thoughts about next season's championship? I think just the surprising thing is there hasn't been that traditional cull of the, the relegated clubs, has there? The, the mass clear out of nine or ten, or it doesn't seem to be nine or tens going. I know West Brom have lost one or two, but, but Swansea, okay, Swansea have lost Mawson. I think AU has also gone, hasn't he? But but there hasn't been that mass cull of, as I say, of nine or ten leaving any of the clubs. And the interest will be Sunderland. How depressing must that be to, to get the fixture list out for Sunderland in, in League One? Yeah, I mean, Sunderland, they, they shut the top deck of their ground. Do you know that? What, for, for the whole yeah, season? Yeah, they've shut the top deck of their ground. They're convinced that they're not going to fill it, so they've, they've shut the whole thing. They've got new owners, new manager, new everything, new squad. Who's mate. the manager there? Jack Ross. Who? Yeah, I exactly. I knew you were going to say that. I'm sure it's Jack Ross, uh, who is the Sunderland manager. Uh, they brought him down he from, down from Scotland. Scotland. He, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course he did. He came down, uh, I believe. Motherwell or something like that. Uh, it was uh, St. Mirren. St. Mirren. So Merrin, yeah, had a, a long-ranging career. He played at Clyde, at Hartlepool, Falkirk, St Mirren, Hamilton Academicals and finished off at Dunfermline. Got one cap for Scotland B. Sounds like a Daniel Levy player. Yeah, <laughs> Allo Athletic, uh, he was there for a season, two seasons at St Mirren, and he's at Sunderland now. And uh, they're very optimistic over there, you know. Optimistic of what, finishing in the top 15? Of Well, <laughs> Jace, Jace, come on, be nice. Been it was on. that Hovis music. It makes me think up north, and, that, and that's what's done it for me. Yeah, I don't know where the Hovis music's gone. We've still got the Hovis. <laughs> he's, he's laughing outside the paddy. Uh, they've signed quite a few players. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten players they signed. Nine on permanence, one on loan. Even Sunderland are showing more ambition than us. What's going on here? It's <laughs> League One. They've what's signed going a pr- on? Premier League striker, Jerome Sinclair. Jumper Room. He's in Arsenal, wasn't he? No, Watford. Watford, Jerome Sinclair. Yeah, he was he was at Liverpool. Liverpool, that's what. Yeah, and then he he's he's gone over to uh, he's gone over to Watford. They've still got some big names there. Lee Catamol still lurking around there. Brian Oviedo, Aidan McGeady, Papi Papi Diljo Dillabody. Gillibody. Gillibody yeah. or whatever his name is. I don't really want to say it, just in case it offends someone. <laughs> Lamine Kone still lurking around at Sunderland. It just shows that what happens to a club. Of course, it's so yeah. hard to O'Shea, get Where's, where's O'Shea gone? John O'Shea, John O'Shea left. Bless He's him. Left, is he? Yeah, I'm not sure if he retired. Wes Brown's. Wes, Wes Brown retired, yeah. John O'Shea's gone to Reading, I think it is. He has. He's gone to Reading, yeah. Shazy. And, and uh, Wes Brown, I think, is out in India playing his uh, football now. Hasn't he retired? No, he was. Well, well, when I last saw, he was he was playing out in India. I think it was a Kerala Blasters or something like that. Uh, they're the Kerala Blasters, yeah, yeah. yeah 38 years old. Uh, Dimitar Berbatov is there too. Oh, Dimitar. For me, Berber. I still think for me he's probably one of the best players I've ever seen in the Spurs shirt. He's tucked. He brought the ball down. You know, oh, it's like, like you've got a Velcro stuck to him. Just the most amazing footballer. He had that ability to be able to play the game at his own pace and everyone around him would be transfixed on him. Yeah. You, could, you obviously saw him at United, Aaron, as well. I just think, what a player. Just gutted the way it ended a little bit for me. A bit sour. Just... A bit sad. Mm. Yeah. You kidnapped him, didn't you? Oh, it wasn't me. You kidnapped it wasn't him. wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. He, Spurs were trying to get him to go to City, weren't they? That's right. We wanted him to go to City and he deliberately jumped on a plane. We didn't know where he was. If you were yeah. that transfer deadline day, any Spurs fan re- I, you know, hearing this now would remember Sky Sports News. The plane was landing. We didn't know where our player was. 
they had more in the known sky than anyone else did as a Tottenham official. I remember just those uh, those pictures of the offices at Old Trafford. You see him and Sir Alex Ferguson behind the glass, and you're like, yes, he's there. Because everyone all day is like, where is Berbatov? It was like, where is Peter Odom Wingy? Just a bit more high profile. <laughs> the, the worst <laughs> thing about that day was not only did we let Berbatov go, but it's what we got back in return. <laughs> Fraser, Fraser Campbell. Campbell. You know, we lost yeah. Keane and Berbatov, our two top strikers this, well, that summer. And Fraser Campbell Don't returned. Don't Fraser Campbell. He was, a, he was a fine prospect once upon a time. You've got to remember, Aaron, but this is at a time where Spurs were meant to be building. Yeah, true. And that's why I think we can't help the Spurs fans still be worried with these closing days in the window that we're going to allow players to go and not bring some in. I'd like to think Pochettino would not allow that to happen, but we've seen his is comments it, is it, is change. It out of his control? Well, again... I just find his comments, he seems to have done like a U-turn recently in the such that, you know, as I keep saying, he made the point, you know, throughout last season that he wants to be praising early. He's now turned around saying that the window's a disadvantage because it's shutting early. But I just think, you know, he's got to be strong as well. I like to think the fact that he signed this new contract. He had assurances from Daniel Levy that he would get in the players he wants. And so far, they haven't been delivered. But again... I hope I'm sat here in two weeks' time lauding the fact we've brought in the players that we need that are going to push this squad on, but I'm not confident at the moment, I've got to be honest. Let's head over to Twitter. Jason Graves has has tweeted us saying, First away game I ever drove to Newcastle away in 93 in my B-Reg Escort. Geordie's trying to grab our scars whilst bombing up the A1. No colours on, but seriously stood out in town. Had to dive into BHS of food slash safety. BHS, what's that? Uh, Sheringham spoiled the Geordie's run to top of the table. Remember it, Jase? I think as Teddy go around the goalkeeper and, and tap one in in that awful sky blue kit, it could well be that. We've had Newcastle quite a few opening days. I think we've had certainly four, I think, we've been at Newcastle opening days. So. It's a great place to go and watch football, isn't it? What, Newcastle? Yeah. Certainly high up there, it, aren't you? It's I mean, I'd take, you know, your altitude sickness tablets and whatnot. <laughs> But haven't they, isn't that supposed to change this year? Isn't, isn't this Premier League rule that you've got to have at least one batch of away fans now at, at pitch level? I don't know. I thought that I came in last year. I don't know why uh, they, uh, they're they making a rule like that. Who, who cares about a rule like that? Get them up there. It's a great view up there. You see the lovely sights of the city, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as you say, it's the 22 ants on the pitch that's not so good viewing. Do you know what, though? They have actually right on the ticket, if you suffer from vertigo, do not attend this fixture. I think that the big opening day I can remember was uh, was Gazza's debut oh. because we had the the first game I think that season got postponed because of redoing White Hart Lane then home home ground not ready for the opening day and so Gazza's debut was actually at Newcastle week two of the season and so what what a place for Gazza to to end up making his debut for us yeah certainly all the Mars bars in the corner as he as he went to take them <laughs> thing so yeah that's a, that's another opener at Newcastle I'm trying to think of some other opening day crackers. Uh, I remember going to Everton and winning 2-0 in 05-06, which is ultimately a poor season. Beat Fulham 5-1 at Old Trafford, opening day of the season, when they were talking about Rooney and Ronaldo and how uh, they were going to fall at him after the 06 World Cup. Yep, yep. Wink gate. Yes. After the wink, Jim Ronaldo's wink. And uh, they were talking about how they were going to fall out and how Ronaldo wanted to leave and whatnot. And he went and had a storm with Rooney. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, I've seen some some interesting sights. 
over the uh, over the seasons. We want to hear yours though. It's Love Sport Radio. Uh, tweet us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's 0208 70 258. Chaps, um, I've asked this question to a lot of our podcasters, a lot of our fancasters, and put simply, if you could bring back one player to play for Spurs in this team to fit into this team, oh, this is easy for me. Past. Luka Modric or Gareth. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I jumped the gun there, didn't I? So, so quickly. He's done it already. Uh, but who, who would it be and why? I forgot with Modric. I how, how far in the past? As far back as you want to go. Diego Maradona. <laughs> he played for us once, so that counts for me. Was it a friendly? A testimonial, but that means he's a Spurs player and, and give me Maradona back. I've got to say, I did say Modric originally, but I have to say Gareth Bale. Even though this is now dead in the water... I do genuinely believe you put Gareth Bale in this Spurs team, then I'd be the most happiest person alive. And I do believe that would, okay, I'd be satisfied if that was how the window ended and Gareth Bale came into this Tottenham squad and that was the only signing. You never know, it might still happen, Bale. It might still happen. Uh, just going back to Twitter, I mean, Diego Maradona, by the way, come on, Ricky. You're allowed to have that. He's come a on, Spurs on, player. On, give, give All right, we'll go for Glenn Hoddle then. I'll, oh, I'll take enough. Glenn Hoddle back. Fair enough. Um... You know, Dan Acute Winks, he asked that question about the five years. Would you rather win the FA Cup now and and uh, and and sort of go on and win nothing? Or would you rather wait five years, have five trophyless seasons and uh, and win the Premier League? Um, Alex was tweeted saying the FA Cup straight away. He wants, he wants silverware. We want trophies. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Spurs fans are starved of them. So we want trophies now. That's what it's all about. Going back to the King Klinsman tweet, James Darrington says, always remember Calderwood's own goal being quite special. <laughs> <laughs> own goals on own goals on uh, day one. I'm trying to think of other own goals we've seen. Ke- Ke- the one. king of own goals were, were the Leicester fullbacks, Andy Impey and Frank Sinclair. You Frank Sinclair Leicester. holds, doesn't he hold a record? Frank Sinclair record or something? Jamie Carragher had a few own goals. Mostly for Spurs. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think there must have been a conspiracy at some point thinking he was doing it on purpose because of the amount of goals he was giving to Tottenham. But uh, Gary Dockett, another one that used to love an own goal. Gary did, Dockett. A, a danger in your own box. I think there was a stage where Carragher had scored more goals for Tottenham than he had for Liverpool. <laughs> and he was about three or four hundred games into his Liverpool career at that uh, stage. Uh, speaking of Gary Dockett, I covered Wickham Wanderers for a season and a half or two seasons. I didn't see Gary Dockett play once. And he was actually supposed to be like their leader in there. The I, don't I, saw, I don't think I saw him at the ground once. I love how you say Doherty. It's Doherty. 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 No, it's Doherty. Doherty. The ginger Pele. Ironically, they used to call him the Doc as well at Wickham. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how we'd say it in Ireland. Unless other people say it in Ireland, I'm not aware of. But we always said Doherty. No? <laughs> a lesson there. Well, there's a lesson for you. Being being taught a lesson there. You're thinking of the snooker player. That's 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 who you got in your mind. Well they're, they're spelled the same way. There you go. Uh we've had a tweet in Jim and said, What about Chris Waddle? Before my time, but from what I saw him it was a great player. Ah, oh, Chris Waddle was a fantastic player, but um he actually struggled in his first year, I think, at Tottenham. So he came from Newcastle, didn't he? Tolor Town and the Sausage Factory and all of that, Chrissy Waddle. I mean fantastic player. I I, I picked up some uh, some audio of, of, of someone talking about him and how he just had this sheer presence, especially when he went to Marseille as well, and he, he was just so, so good out there. 
Um, what are your memories? I of think the big, the big, the big disappointment with Chrissy Waddle is that we signed Gary Lineker, and two weeks later we sold Chrissy Waddle. And I think you know Gary Lineker probably came. You think Spurs went to Barcelona and got a top striker like Gary Lineker, and then sold the only person that could give him the ball. So, but no, Chrissy Waddle was a fantastic. I can remember a goal at Southampton on a horrendous day. Pouring and pouring of rain. I think it, day was Frank Bruno fighting for the world title. I can remember that that night when he first fought Tyson. And uh, we won 2-0 two, two or 2-1 at Southampton. But Waddle scored almost from the halfway line with a fantastic lob. And it was horrendous conditions. Now, he was a class, class player, Chrissy Waddle. Chaps, we are approaching the end of this week's uh, edition of The Last Word on Spurs show here on Love Sport Radio. But we have a surprise, don't we? We a have a big one. surprise. What, is, is it a little? Would you call it a little? Would you call it no, big? No, it's a big, big surprise. It's a big, big surprise. Um, now we've been working on this little project for for a couple of weeks. Is it a couple of weeks now? Yeah, a couple of weeks. A couple of say. weeks we've been working on this project, um, and you know it's been all in the planning, all in the preparation. We've had to keep it properly hush hush. I know Ricky's been bursting, Jason not so much, <laughs> to tell you all about this surprise that we've got planned. It's coming soon here on Love Sport Radio. Um, you know, we're going to be bringing you something huge, something absolutely massive. It's massive, isn't it, Paddy? Yeah, yeah, very massive, you know. And I'm <laughs> very massive. Very it's massive. Very yeah, massive. That's very good English. And it? I'll tell you something, yeah, we'll tell you all about it next week. It's Love Sport Radio. Have a good evening. Ah, tease. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.